0: Hi and welcome to this very special PCOS and Food Peace bonus episode of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your Food Peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. In this bonus episode, I'm gonna be exploring what is food peace and PCOS. And the way I'm going to explore it is through this PCOS and Food Peace manifesto that I have drafted. So this conversation came up in the Facebook PCOS and Food Peace support group. I will put a link in the show notes if you would like to connect to it. And this is a Facebook group that is just for people with PCOS who are also looking to find a new way to treat their PCOS without focusing on diets. And honestly, sometimes it still comes around to diets, and we try really hard to not let that happen. Yet, also, we live in a world that's so focused on diets, and diet culture is everywhere. So it's going to come up from time to time. And one of the fellow members asked, well, what is food peace with PCOS? Like, it's going to include eat this, not that, because that's just how we manage PCOS. And I thought, that's a really important kind of clarification, because I don't think food peace is eat this, not that. I'll, honestly, I know it's not eat this, not that. Because you know if you've been experiencing PCOS for any uh, seconds, <laughs> it doesn't even take that long, You've already been given a list of eat this, not that, or you were told to lose weight, told to eat less, exercise more, told to cut out carbs or fat or protein or just cut out calories. You were told to cut out something or everything or to overexercise your body. Um, And honestly, I have a feeling there were so many of you listening who have done all the things you were told to do. And when you went to your doctor or your dietitian or any healthcare provider, and the weight didn't go down like expected, or maybe it even went up, you weren't believed, or you were told just to try harder. And I know some of you, even in those moments when you were doing every single thing that they told you to do, and the weight still went up, I know many of you were actually practicing anorexia nervosa. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but it's not. You know, when I consider people that I work with who've been diagnosed with anorexia nervosa and I compare it to the food and movement of women with PCOS doing what they've been told to do, you can't really tell a difference. You know, it's the exact same food intake. And I think it's really important to call it what it is, that that's anorexia. And it's part of the shameful part of our culture right now is that people of size are being told indirectly and directly that they need to practice pathology, (laughs) practice an eating kind of behavior that we would call an illness or a disease or pathology in someone in a smaller body. That's not okay. That totally is not okay. And after working with women with PCOS for about 10 years, I noticed that the more I was able to help her move away from diets, health started to increase. And I searched and searched for non-diet ways to help because I knew for the general population, diets didn't work. So why are they gonna be working for someone with PCOS? And what I found is some training by a woman named Monica Woolsey, who unfortunately passed away in 2017 something that brings a lot of sorrow to me. But I also am so appreciative that I got to know her because she helped me understand how dieting actually increases inflammation with PCOS, which is one of the really chronic problems with the condition and what makes it um, feel so exhausting and keeps you from remembering things and keeps you from having a positive mood. Like inflammation is something when it's this kind of chronic pro inflammatory state that can really make you hurt, like physically hurt. And I wanna help people move away from that. And dieting just further enhances it and may help it go away if you do it for just a little bit of time, like a month six weeks, maybe even 12 weeks. But after that, yeah, it comes back. And that's something that research has been able to show over and over and over again for people in the general population. And it's also starting to come up with women with PCOS too. One of the crappy sides of PCOS is there is limited research. We know at least one in 10 women have it, but yet we have so little research dollars funding how to treat it. So, It's taking some time. And if you really are wanting to have proof, you can look to the general population. Like the research is pretty loud and clear that diets don't work. So I know they're not gonna work for you. So what is food peace? Well, food peace is coming to terms that diets don't work for you. And it's also, instead of considering yourself as a failure, it's switching it, it's reframing it to be really that diets are the failure and diet culture has been holding you down. So that means you need to learn a new way to eat. And honestly, I don't have the exact answers. I can't even say I have the answers for you. Your body has the answers and all I can do is help you to better see it. I think women with PCOS have their own distinct language. I think their body communicates differently and it's very distinct and pretty consistent from person to person with PCOS. It's actually kind of cool. I don't have PCOS. So there's many things that I'll never understand, yet I feel so privileged that I've been able to listen to the experience and been able to, um, I don't know, just sit next to you and hear about your journey with food, diets, and your body. And that's one of the things I've noticed is that there's this different kind of language. So I like to show people how their body is communicating. Some of it is through hunger and fullness and also satiety, which I appreciate when PCOS is in a place where it's not well-controlled, it can feel like you're always hungry and it can feel like you're never full. And I think that's part of the PCOS language. It's letting you know that there are needs that are not being met and that we have not given you the right tools to help you treat it. Honestly, the PCOS and food peace system that I have, that's what it aims to do is to calm down that chaos and to help treat the PCOS without dieting to then allow you to reconnect and have that intuitive eating experience. If you're new to the Love Food podcast or otherwise just haven't heard of this intuitive eating thing, that's okay. It's a book written by two dietitians. It was first written in the mid-90s. They've had a few editions published since then, and uh, the authors are Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. If you look through the Love Food podcast season one, you'll see I was able to actually interview both of them on two separate episodes, which was totally Um, a fangirl moment for me. And um, I felt super excited and also very nervous, but they're really great episodes. So check them out. But basically this intuitive eating type of movement is rejecting diets because it's acknowledging that the research shows that they don't work for most people long-term and that they only cause more harm. Intuitive Eating Research, since they published the book, has been able to provide us 75-plus research articles on how we now know that dieting predicts weight gain and eating disorders and that working towards intuitive eating does things like lower insulin levels, lower triglycerides, lower blood sugar, lower the cholesterol level, increase the good cholesterol, increase energy, increase body image, increase positive mood, and self-concept. I mean, all those things when you're trying to experience more health with PCOS, those are all the things I know that you're working towards. And so I believe in intuitive eating for you too. So there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six different parts to the PCOS and food peace manifesto. I can't wait to share them with you. The first one is you didn't cause your PCOS did you know that I feel like that's such an important part of your PCOS experience is to know that PCOS is genetic and environmental. You didn't cause it. You didn't eat a candy bar one day when you shouldn't have and cause this condition. No. PCOS is genetic and environmental. You did not choose it. You didn't you know go into this lazy time or go into a time of gluttony and then push your body into PCOS. It's something that you were born with. It's something that some people would even say you had before you were born, that it was something that was already in your DNA before you came out. So I want you to know that because for so many people I talk to, they think that they caused their PCOS and whoa, that is dripping with shame. And honestly, that shame cloak needs to be burned. We need to take it off of you, throw it away, and I wouldn't even say donate it because that thing needs to be burned and no one needs to have that. It's such a heavy burden to bear and it doesn't belong to you. So the next part of the PCOS and Food Peace Manifesto, number two, is diets, they failed, not you. Yeah, you didn't fail. And I know we live in this world where... People think that diets fix everything, and people often think they're really hopeful. And the first episode of season two, episode 100 of the Love Food podcast, we talk a lot about that. Diets are the seductive fantasy. But when we really look at the research, we know without a doubt that diets don't work for most people long-term. And what does long-term mean? Well, it means at least two years, if not five years out because you know, going on a diet and off a diet and back on a diet, that we also know is not health promoting. That does things like increase triglycerides and insulin levels, two things that often are complicated with PCOS. So moving away from diets, it's going to help. The thing about it though, that is really crappy is that the period of moving away from a diet can be really scary. It can be exciting, but it's also really scary. And that moment will feel like it's going to be there forever. And it can feel like you can't stop eating, that it's just one continuous binge. But you know, really what ends up happening is a person works towards unconditional permission to eat, one of the foundations of intuitive eating. That urge to continue doesn't feel quite as much. And that's because diets are a form of restriction. And your body thinks when it's being restricted that you're on some deserted island somewhere and you're just not gonna have access to food. So when you have access to it, it's like it's falling from the sky. You're not gonna stop until it's gone because your body doesn't know when you're gonna get it again. So stay with it, it does get easier. All right, moving on. So number three, your weight doesn't define your health or your worth. So I mentioned earlier that I've met so many women with PCOS that have done every single thing, they've checked every single box and done every behavior they were told to do And their weight still went up or it didn't go down fast enough or it just stayed the same. And what they were told by society, including their providers, their family, their friends, is that they just need to try harder. And I really want to challenge that. I really want to challenge that experience for you and for anyone else. First of all, we know that eating in a pattern that's consistent with anorexia nervosa is healthy for no one, and especially because it's super malnourishing, if that's the correct vernacular. It's probably not. But, you know, when we're missing out on key nutrients, it hurts us, like really horrible things happen to us. And it also makes our brain literally shrink. And it also makes our brain super obsessed with food. So the other side of that is we do live in a world that considers people of size to be not as acceptable. You know, they're not giving access to careers, Jobs, um, academics, they're experiences where people are discriminated against um, with sitting on an airplane or the train, just not having something that fits your body, and also discrimination just point blank. You know, I worked in hospitals for years and years, and I saw discrimination all the time. People not given equal access to care. I want to challenge that notion. Your weight doesn't define your health or your worth. So the next one is your PCOS has its own language. So that's number four. And like I said earlier, PCOS, I feel like just has a different way of communicating needs. And part of that is because hyperinsulemia, that fancy word for high insulin levels that are so common with people with PCOS And even if you've been tested and you don't have high insulin levels with your PCOS, there are some parts of that that we don't fully understand that are probably coming before that will also lead you to um, having this experience where carb cravings can dominate and fatigue is a big part of it, memory loss, and just um, also sleep disorders. And all of those experiences are a, a way that I've come to terms with that your PCOS is communicating with you. And so when you experience carb cravings, it can mean that maybe you need some more sleep, or maybe you're not eating enough, or maybe your body wants you to have some more protein, or maybe you exercise too much and you need to be able to rest more. Maybe you're too stressed out. (laughs) And um, it could be so many different things. And the way your body may be telling you all of these things is through carb cravings or brain fog. So it's something that's really interesting. And the more you talk to other women with PCOS, the more you'll hear this kind of common experience. All right, so let's see. This is number five. Notice what helps energize you and what doesn't. I know everyone is trying to tell you to cut out everything. There's like gluten, there's sugar, carbs, um, there are people who are saying you need to go on keto or you need to go on Weight Watchers or any kind of low-calorie thing. There is so much like conflicting information about managing PCOS. And here's the thing. I don't know exactly what's going to help you. You may find that you feel better when you eat certain foods. And I mean this in like a really individual way. You may notice when you eat something that it gives you a headache or it makes you feel sluggish. And I think that's really vital information for you to know what is health promoting for you and what's not. The cool thing about it, it's not absolute. You know, if you do eat some of those things, it's not gonna be the end all be all of health. And by consistently going along with what your body is telling you, you're gonna find the answers to those questions. Like what is the best thing for me to eat? Honestly, I think it's so individual, but if you're dieting, restricting, over-exercising, it's going to be this noise. And I picture it like a really big city. I was in Brooklyn not too long ago. I loved Brooklyn. So any of you listening from Brooklyn, hello, I love your city. But when I was there, it was much different than where I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. You know, there was lots of tall buildings. There was a lot more um, noise from just horns honking. Do you know, like. Honking a horn in um, North Carolina is like the most offensive thing. But in Brooklyn, I heard it all the time. And it's not offensive, it's just more noise. And so it's just a different experience. And when you're in a bigger city and you're hearing more noise and there's smog and all that stuff, it's easy to get lost. And I feel like diets over exercise and diet culture is that noise. It keeps you from knowing your PCOS language, moving away from that, it'll help you to see. So one thing I noticed in Brooklyn is I didn't see a lot of stars at night, but that didn't mean the stars weren't there. All it meant is it was covered by the noise, the smog, all the, the buildings, and the stars were still there. So I know it can be tough to think about, oh, I can't rely on my own hunger and fullness signals. I can't trust my body you can. We just need to help you decrease that noise because it's all there. It's all waiting for you. And it's also like super forgiving and loving, like it's ready when you're ready. And I want to be the one to help show you that. All right. So the last one is self-care matters and so does advocacy. So I've been able to appreciate with working with so many of you with PCOS is that Taking care of yourself and having boundaries, whether it's boundaries around relationships, sleep, how, um, how long you work. It can be um, just boundaries about taking care of yourself is something that greatly enhances your health. And there's many people that I worked with who are in super stressful jobs or demanding situations in academic life who've had to put up boundaries that they weren't really excited about. Because it was the way that they found to best manage their PCOS. So sometimes I see um, PCOS management being really big on self-care. And another piece of self-care is advocacy. And like I've been saying, diets don't work for PCOS. They don't work for anybody else either. And not everyone understands that. Not everyone's ready to understand that. And honestly, there is a lot of weight bias that's keeping people from really getting that. And so I'm advocating for you. I am standing up to fat hate, fat phobia, discrimination. I mean, I think it's a really important part. I don't want to contribute to the oppression or marginalization of any human being. And it's a really big part of improving health. Something I know to be true is that 25% of our health our behaviors like what we eat and how we move our body, and things like um, our sleep. 75% of our health are something like um, something from genetics, and then also social determinants of health. What are those? Well, it's basically how much power we have in the world and access to things like money, security, schooling, childcare, child development, education. Like all those things are our social determinants of health. And people who are marginalized, whether because of race, religion, ability, and also size is a really big part of that. What we know is that people who are living in marginalized bodies are experiencing more of what we would call a flight or fright response on a very consistent basis. Do you know what a flight or fright response is? It's basically when our endocrine system explodes with hormones because it thinks we're being chased by a lion. And when we're being chased by a lion, our body knows to increase triglycerides, insulin. It goes through increasing inflammation, and it also increases glucose because it's like, oh, holy shit, we got to get away from this lion. And although you're not running from a lion. The lion's not really existing, but your body thinks it every single day. And that's contributing to your poor health. That's contributing to inflammation, and that's contributing to PCOS getting worse. So I'm advocating for you. Of course, I can't do it by myself. And you also, as someone who's being marginalized, it shouldn't be on your shoulders. And just know that there are hundreds, and dare I say, even thousands of us who are advocating for you. I think there are now. There's more and more of us, and we're recruiting every day for people to join us in this revolution to reject diets, diet culture, and fat phobia. Will you join us? That's what I want to know. So the PCOS and Food Peace Manifesto, I hope it helps. and. I also want you to stay connected. I'm gonna be releasing some extra bonus episodes this month of January because I'm super excited to open up the doors to my PCOS and food Peace course. It's my step-by-step system that helps lead people to decrease that noise like I was talking about and help reconnect you to your ways to health. And the way to get on the wait list and to find out all the details is go to foodpeace.com. All right, enough of that. I'm gonna sign off for now. I can't wait to see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.